What is Christmas all about? Is it about a baby, about God, or about us? Welcome to this special series, Understanding Christmas, on The Bible Brief. In the iconic American Christmas special, A Charlie Brown Christmas, Charlie Brown has a problem. And after tension builds in the cartoon special, Charlie Brown finally shouts his problem to all his friends. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? And quietly, matter-of-factly, Charlie's friend Linus says this, Sure, Charlie Brown, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And then Linus walks to the center of the stage for their Christmas play. A single spotlight shines on him, and he quotes this from the Bible, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Then Linus ends his monologue saying this, That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. This iconic scene in A Charlie Brown Christmas expresses what we're going to do over the next few weeks on the show in our short special series called Understanding Christmas. Our goal in these four special episodes premiering on Monday of each of the next few weeks is to help you think about Christmas in a deeper and more biblical way. We want to get behind the decorations, get behind the sweet glowing baby in the hay, get behind the friendly human-looking angels, and get back to the text of the Bible. What does the Bible say about the event that we celebrate at Christmas? How are readers of the Bible supposed to understand what's happening as we read about the birth of Jesus in the Gospels? These questions drive our purpose in this series. And these episodes are going to focus on particular aspects of what Christians call the Incarnation. Now that may be a new word for you, but if you have any experience eating Tex-Mex like I do, you'll recognize a word in there. In-carnation. You know, like carne asada or chili con carne. In all these wonderful dishes, carne means flesh or meat. They are the flesh of an animal usually prepared in some special marinade or with a special cooking method. Well, that word carne actually finds its origin in Latin, from the Latin word that also means flesh. And in Latin is where we get this term we're talking about, the incarnation. And if carne means flesh, then incarnation is related. It means something like becoming flesh or infleshing. Well, when we talk about the incarnation, we're always talking about an event that started around the year zero on our calendars and continues to this very day. We're talking about the Son of God, Jesus, becoming flesh or taking on flesh. Said another way, we're talking about the Son of God taking on a human body and being born as a human. And the reason we have a special term for this, the term incarnation, 
is to identify the specialness of the event, the utterly unique thing that God became human, something that is incomprehensible and yet attested to by the Bible. And we're going to explore this today, particularly this aspect, that God became a man. Not merely that a Savior was born, but that this Savior was the eternal God who had put on flesh and was born. Not that Jesus was merely a man, but that Jesus was God and man. It's necessary to focus on this because it's one of the most common misunderstandings about Christmas and about Jesus. There are many, many people who think that the Bible says that Jesus was created by God as a savior for humanity, a sort of humanity upgrade. People think that Jesus was simply a human who didn't sin. And let me say this very clearly. The Bible rejects the notion that Jesus was merely a human. Instead, the Bible clearly attests to the fact that Jesus is God and man, that the Son of God is eternal, who has always and will always exist, that he is truly, really God. So today we're going to discuss two biblical points that emphasize the fact that Jesus is the eternal Son of God. First, we're going to discuss John chapter 1, which describes Jesus as the creator of and the upholder of nature. And second, we're going to discuss the nature of Jesus' miraculous ministry as proof of his identity as God. For the biblical writers and for the Holy Spirit breathing out his writing through them, this is a critical thing to understand about Jesus, that Jesus was God incarnate. And as we think about Christmas, this will affect the way that we celebrate and understand the holiday. We're not merely talking about a human savior. We're talking about the God of everything, the creator of everything, the one who sustains the universe. We're talking about God becoming a man, not just lording over creation, but actually becoming a part of it. This is an amazing thing to consider. The creator of every star becomes a baby that those same stars shine upon. So let's start exploring the first point, that Jesus is the creator of and the upholder of nature. And for this, we're going to learn another new word for this podcast. The word is logos, which is a Greek word that's packed with meaning. The plain meaning of logos is simply word or speech or message. But the conceptual or philosophical meaning is much more packed. In that time, among much of Greek philosophy, there was a concept called the logos. And while much has been written on this subject, a good way for us to think about the concept of the logos is the creator and designer and powerful upholder of the natural, rational order of the universe. Maybe we can think about it like this. If the universe is like an iPhone, the logos is the combination of the designers, engineers, producers, the iOS system that runs the phone, and the battery that powers the phone. The logos is the creative designer and powerful sustainer of the universe. And the Bible uses this concept and attaches it to Jesus. This is what we read in John 1, where the Greek word logos is translated as word. Listen to this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And later in that chapter we read, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus, identified to the Greeks as this logos that they'd been talking and thinking about for centuries, is the beginning, who was with God, who was God, who made all things, who is life itself, and who is light. And then John says this logos, Jesus, the word, became flesh and dwelt among people. Listen to one of the Apostle Paul's letters as he describes Jesus. This is from Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. By Jesus, all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The Holy Spirit, through John and Paul, wants us to know something important about Jesus. He is not a created being, as if God the Father just created a son. No, Jesus is God himself who has always existed. And not only that, he is the creator himself. He is the upholder of the natural order. And the Son of God has become a man. Which brings us to the next point. Think about this hypothetical for a moment. If God became a man, what would we expect to see from this God-man? If the creator of and the upholder of nature became a man, what would we expect to see from him? Well, I think it's fair to say that we'd expect to be amazed. God as man would possess qualities that no other human would have. As the creator, he could manipulate creation as he desired. He could control nature as no one else could. And you know what? This is exactly what we see of Jesus. Listen to this account from the Gospel of Luke that takes place in the northern part of Israel on the Sea of Galilee. It says this, One day, Jesus got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, Let us go across to the other side of the lake. And so they set out, and as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke, and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And they ceased, and there was calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this, that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? The disciples react how we would react in the same situation. They were amazed, they marveled, and they asked perhaps a rhetorical question with an obvious answer. Who is this that he commands even winds and water and they obey him? They're asking a question with only one answer. God himself. God is the one who commands the wind and the waves. God the creator and sustainer of everything is there in the boat with them and they are amazed. Let's look at another example of God incarnate, God in the flesh, and what he does as a human. This is while Jesus is visiting the city of Jerusalem during his ministry. 
Listen to this from the Gospel of John. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Teacher, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now there's lots in what we just read that we could discuss, but I simply want to draw your focus to the miracle itself. Jesus approaches a man blind from birth, makes some points about himself, and then he spits on the ground, makes some mud, rubs it on the man's eyes, tells the man to go wash at a particular place, and the man comes back seeing. Jesus restored the vision of a man blind from birth. God, who originally made the first man Adam from the dust of the ground, takes more dust from the ground to do a recreation, a recreative act. He restores the man's sight in what Jesus himself describes as a work of God. The wind and the waves obedience to Jesus and the restoration of vision to the blind man are just two examples of the multitudes of examples that we find in the Gospels of Jesus' miraculous power. The power of God himself, who has come to earth as a man. God incarnate. God in the flesh. Now you may be a bit confused at this point. Why is this in a series called Understanding Christmas? This isn't about Mary and Joseph. This isn't about the shepherds and animals. What's the point? Well, here it is. Christmas is not about Mary and Joseph. It's not about angels or shepherds or wise men or mangers. Christmas is about the singular, amazing event of God becoming man. Christmas is about the incarnation, the act of God becoming a man. Understanding Christmas is about understanding the Incarnation. And this episode helps us understand something critical to understanding Christmas itself. This child born, this baby in the manger, this Jesus, He is God, and He has become man. Join us next time as we explore a different aspect of Christmas. We're going to discuss the humility of God as He becomes a man. See you Monday for the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. Are you enjoying the podcast? One of the best ways for the show to grow is for you to share it with a friend. Will you do that today? We'd love to help more people understand the life-changing story and message of the Bible. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022